you're terrified of mispronouncing stuff, but you start a podcast. Yes. I've submersed myself in my fears. Welcome to Tech Tales. I'm here with Cody. Hey, everybody. Hi, Cody. We're back for part three of The Road to OSX, where we're talking about the very long and winded road that Apple took to release the Mac OS X operating system in 2001. If you haven't listened to the last two episodes, you should do that because they're really interesting. Now we've now we're moving on to part three. Uh, so I'm going to do a little quick summary here for what has happened in for what happened in last episode. Uh, so Apple restarted development on a new operating system for the Macintosh around 1995. The new OS called Copeland would have had improved multitasking and protected memory with an original release date of 1996 and also a bunch of other fun stuff like themes. You remember the themes, Cody? Oh, yes. Those will be scarred on my mind for the for the foreseeable future. I, I don't think I'll ever forget those. Yeah. So surprise, surprise, Copeland missed its original goal for a beta release. And shortly after that point, Apple executives realized it needed to buy an existing operating system instead of making its own because they had now tried by this point at least twice, maybe three times, depending on how far along some projects got. And uh, they couldn't do it. They couldn't make an OS. So when you, you know, when you can't make something, you go out and buy it, obviously. Uh, Apple considered buying BOS from B Inc. They considered licensing Windows NT from Microsoft. Uh, they looked into Solaris from Sun Microsystems. But eventually, they announced in December 1996 that they were purchasing the entirety of Next, which was a computer company that Steve Jobs founded after he uh, left Apple. And with that, we're caught up. Hooray. Rhapsody was first announced at the Macworld Expo in January 1997, which took place one month after the purchase of Next was announced. So the new operating system project was based on technology from Next. It would have preemptive multitasking, protected memory, a modern kernel, a programming interface based on Next OpenStep environment, and it would have backwards compatibility with macOS software, just like Copland was going to do. The first developer release was planned for, quote, mid to late 1997, quote. The first consumer release would come within 12 months, about. And that first release was intended for early adopters, with, and it would have limited backwards compatibility with Mac apps. Eventually, around mid-1998-ish, Apple would release the completed OS with full uh, support for existing Mac apps. So once again, we're setting some deadlines. That's not good. Well, hey, one of these days, if you set enough deadlines, you will hit yeah. your deadline. Just ask yeah. uh, CD Projekt Red. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, everyone who predicted the end of the world. Like they, you know, it's gonna it's gonna work one of these times. Just... Someday you'll be right. Yeah. Also, while this OS was in development, Apple planned to continue updating the classic Macintosh operating system, which was something they weren't really doing when they were working on Copeland. That was part of the issue where they shifted 
all of the developers to Copeland. So the Mac OS wasn't really being maintained at all. At that Macworld Expo in January, Apple also announced Mac OS 7.6, which would eventually become Mac OS 8. Now, if you remember, Mac OS 8 was also going to be the name for Copeland. Also, what was different this time is that Apple anticipated the existing Mac OS would be supported for several years after Rhapsody came out. So they thought people would, would keep using the existing system for a long time, and they said they would update the old Mac OS for a while after the new version came out. Yeah, again, it kind of like what I think it was the last episode. Uh, it, it, it's updates at that point in history did not mean what we think of updates today. Like, right. <laughs> you, if, if something really critical came along, sure, they might put out an update to it. But for the most part, you really weren't going to get like real updates. You, there yeah. was a chance, like realistically, this might've led to one or two updates total. It's not like it was going to be a big shift. What I think would have been the, the more meaningful version of supporting the operating system is their development tools probably weren't going to stop supporting that stuff. Right. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because the new system, Apple said from the beginning, it would work with, um, or I guess part of the issue there was that this first release they were targeting would not have full compatibility with existing Mac apps. So maybe their plan was to keep the old OS going until they could unify the two branches. Maybe that was part of it, but. Perhaps. Yeah. So a little bit a little bit interesting there. Uh, however, later that year, Apple actually faced a possible takeover. Uh, Larry Ellison, the CEO of Oracle, considered forming an investor group to take control of Apple. Uh, Apple CEO Gil Emilio would be immediately replaced by Steve Jobs uh, because Steve Jobs was friends with Larry. <laughs> um, and... There were some rumblings in, in the news about when this would happen. It, it eventually never happened. But just the possibility of that event started to kind of shake Apple's trust in Gil Emilio, which would become an issue later. In May of that year, at the Worldwide Developer Conference of 1997, Rhapsody was one of the main things Apple was showing off. This is when Apple said that Rhapsody would have three environments for running applications. The first would be what they called the yellow box, which would be the new fancy modern API based on what they purchased from Next. And the yellow box is what would eventually become Coco on Mac OS X. One of the things they talked about was how apps built for OpenStep in the yellow box could be easily ported to other operating systems which was a huge red flag when I read that because that was also the plan for Talogen mm. and that didn't work out at all. So I'm not sure if Apple's learning any lessons going through this multiple times. Well, that was, let's be honest, that was a red flag even when Java made that claim. Oh, I'm getting to Java, Cody. <laughs> so an, another another environment that the new OS would have, Apple called the Blue Box, which was essentially a virtual machine for the current mac os and of course this would stay and become the classic environment 
when Mac OS X finally came out. But for now, it's called the Blue Box. And besides those three main environments, Apple also heavily promoted the Java VM they were putting in the OS because <laughs> this was, you know, this was when Java was hot. Oh, I remember. I I painfully remember those early days of Java. <laughs> those dark days. So I've got a I've got a video for you to watch. This is a uh, entire session at WWDC, so I've linked to one part. Okay. Okay. So I'll go in three, two, one, play. Hello again. Uh, here we have the latest version of Rhapsody running on this particular machine, and I know that everybody's been anxious to see what we're doing with the user interface. Uh, the caveat here is that this is still a work in progress. Uh, it's going to change. It's going to change a lot based upon feedback that we get from people like you. Uh, so what I'd like to do now is show you what we have so far and uh, hopefully get some reaction from you on what you think. Um, the first thing is that the uh, menus, of course, are now across the top. Uh, and look very much like Mac uh, menus and uh, pull down. You can see a variety of options there and command key shortcuts and so forth. Uh, they're also sticky and uh, then I can click on them and they stay up on the screen very much like tempo. Uh, so that's sort of the, the window layout. You'll notice that there is uh, very much a, a Mac look to the windows that are on the screen. Uh, the little buttons up at the top. This one makes it bigger and I can shrink it back down again. Uh, there are also window shades. Uh, just like the Mac has. Um, what else? We've got uh, icons that can sit on the desktop, uh, very much like uh, the Mac has, that you can double-click things to launch them there, uh, such as Quake that we had running on this machine earlier. Uh, here on the right-hand side is still the dock, although it's likely that that will actually go away uh, because we have the ability to stick things onto the desktop, so I don't think the dock will be needed as much anymore. Um, that's about it for what we have now, and uh, it looks very much like a Macintosh, of course, except for this dock thingy that's sticking up there. What do people think so far? Pretty good? Okay. So, so the, the interesting thing with this demo is that it's not really that different from the next operating system. Mm-hmm. They've just... they've started the tweaks of making it look like a Mac. So like they replaced the next logo in the um the app dock with just a big Apple logo. They've started to kind of make the windows look a little bit more like windows on the on the current Mac OS. But it's it's very much like the the meme of, of like copying someone else's homework and just changing it a little bit to make it look like yours. For sure. It's I, I would almost compare this sort of to to like companies that buy white label products and resell them with their yeah. own logos and stuff like that. What I'm, what I'm immediately spotting, what I find is so funny and this doesn't necessarily translate in an audio podcast, but if you're watching this demo, it's really hilarious to me. One that they just said that the doc is probably going away, <laughs> which the audience applauded. It didn't. It did not. Yeah, they were really <laughs> excited for that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure if that how well that comes through in the audio, but yeah, the audience was definitely applauding to this, and it's like, guys, you don't, you should that 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 I've that got didn't some, age got well. some bad news for you. <laughs> yeah, that's um, like the one aspect of this entire demo that survived to the yeah. final release. Though, Though they did push the dock to the bottom, 
to to run horizontally technically you can still put it to the left or right and honestly it actually looks i mean it's obviously way cleaned up but it it's kind of still actually like this when it is left or right docked but okay it, it is what it is um and it is really funny that they plotted that but take that juxtaposition where the they talk about the window shade and this is the part it man if if you're just listening to this watch this demo watch just those couple yeah. seconds of this demo where they show the window shade because that is a feature i am so happy it is dead and gone the window shade yeah. feature was one of the stupidest things that ever existed i remember that from being in school and using the early max back then i hated it 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 made no sense why do you want yeah. just a title bar floating around that you it, like it, it just made no sense you can definitely tell that was one of those things that i i don't know if the the ability to collapse a window into just its title bar was in next but if not i think that's one of those things that they just very quickly ported for mac because that's what their customers would expect if they upgraded their mac to this new os when it comes out but like yeah. it doesn't need to be there at all because that's what the dock is for the dock tells you everything that's running you don't need also yeah, that and the and little floating bits of window all over your screen but it it gets me because He's he mentions window shades and says says it like it's a feature like it's still here guys be happy about that don't oh, freak here's out the dock but that's probably going away yay <laughs> like no no you guys have it backwards come and and I get why people didn't want the dock anymore but but they definitely have this backwards yeah and um and the 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 link to this video and all the other sources for this are going to be in the show notes so you can go quick this will be one of the youtube links you can go watch this and we're uh the part cody and i are watching is around the uh, 24 minute mark so you yeah can, you can go you can go marvel in in the glory of very pre-production mac os x but um <laughs> e- so even bad. even even in this early demo like you can you can definitely see sections that survive to the final mac os x we're, we're finally on the development track to what was released in 2001 so we're starting to starting to see it come together like we've got we've got the dock we've got the applications with large buttons at the top instead of relying heavily on menus even though you know the the final mac os does have a menu bar still but there's the larger icons. There's more applications with like the column view, which you know eventually we see in the Finder and a couple other apps. If we're really comparing it, uh, this this looks a lot like former versions of Mac OS. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. it not perfectly. Obviously, there there are several differences, but the things that existed in much much earlier versions of Mac are are really visible here. And you can see where they're kind of adapting and and trying to move forward. What's funny is how much of their version of moving forward really was like, hey, we're going to take these things that we see in Windows and we're going to adopt those. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but for an operating system that so often it tries to not be Windows, they're they're taking a lot from Windows. 
So the rest, the rest of that demo was mostly just showing off how the OS handled text and how you could take files in and out of Windows and move them to the desktop and, and some other interoperability goodness. Uh, they also showed that horrific looking file manager again, which I believe was at that point, it was basically just what Next had. They hadn't started work on on anything resembling the Apple Finder. <laughs> which is, that is a bit of a funny notion because Finder Finder has become so important to to their whole experience. And yet at the same time, I would argue it's the thing they're trying the hardest to run away from. So later that year in July of 1997, uh, Apple's plans shift a little bit because Gil Emilio is fired uh, as the CEO. Um, there's a little, there's, there were some more power struggles with him and Apple executives since Steve Jobs came to Apple and he was essentially forced out in July. Uh, once Steve Jobs came in, he killed off the Mac clone program, even though by that point, Power Computing and Motorola, which were the two main companies making Mac compatible computers at that time, they had already agreed to the higher licensing costs that Apple was going to do for OS 8. He also fired uh, Ellen Hancock, who Gil Emilio had brought on to lead the software teams at Apple. So a little bit later in October, Apple released the first developer preview of Rhapsody. And I have a little uh, snippet from a Computer World article for you to read. Apple needs a win now, not in the five years it will take to establish Rhapsody. And it's hard to believe Rhapsody will make even as much noise as IBM's OS2, an operating system that is perpetually gasping for air under the marketing weight of Microsoft's Windows NT. Server operating systems build markets slowly. Once a server is running, sensible people don't swap its operating system just for kicks. And Rhapsody faces another challenge. Apple must persuade developers to build server applications that people want to buy or give them great tools so that they can build their own applications. From what I've seen, Rhapsody is likely to be a powerful operating system that will, at least initially, develop only a cult following. Maybe it will expand from there, but millions of developers and end users have test-driven Macintosh only to buy Windows. I wish it weren't so but I get a sense of deja vu all over again. So what are your, what, what are your thoughts there? Okay. As I read this, the truth of the matter is it's, it's the same challenges that almost everybody talks about in every facet of technology. The realities are you, I mean, things are a little bit different these days when we're not necessarily talking about making the, making the initial profits it's usually more about like getting a user base and then plan on making the profits in the future. Right. But yeah, I mean, we're talking about back in a time period when you needed to make the money you needed to, you needed to actually have turnover product. And uh, he's not wrong. The reality is people, people were looking at a situation where they would have had to buy into an operating system that really didn't have software for it. And I'm not even talking the server aspect of it, even just from a user like user operating system perspective. But when you get into server operating systems, there wasn't going to be software for it. The developers were going to have to start building things, which this wasn't set up for and not, not in a software ecosystem kind of way. Right. Um, Windows NT absolutely was dominating in that 
perspective, but at this time, Linux was also, or well, not Linux so much, but Unix operating systems were really, really dominating this space already. Um, and yeah, he's, I mean, he name drops OS2, but yeah, that, that was just, it was an interesting thing that also existed. It was, tr it was the true definition of an also ran. So yeah, I mean, everything yeah. he's saying is dead on. That's, that's kind of the messy part. And I, he doesn't emphasize it enough at the end, but, uh, that line that says, but millions of de developers and end users have test driven Mac to only buy windows. I wish it weren't so, but I get a sense of deja vu all over again. The thing is, I mean, he's, he's really referencing the fact that Apple just asked everyone to pay attention to their last attempt to make a yeah. switch. App, and, yeah, Apple Apple is now on its third discrete attempt to create a new software platform. Yeah, and you just it's you cannot do that. Honestly, yeah. you just truly cannot do that and expect it to work. Ask I mean, I'll be harsh here, ask Google. Think of all the times that Google has made this exact same mistake and people don't trust new platforms out of Google until they see, hey, look, this one finally caught on. Right. Uh, and I'm not talking necessarily operating systems, but more like uh, programming languages and frameworks, things like that. A lot of those did come out. They existed for a few years and then just dwindled off into nothingness. Even Microsoft has made this mistake several times. So, you know, and, and, you know, we're, we're also talking about a time period where developers didn't take like three weeks or two months to build an app. They took a year. They had to dedicate a lot of time. There weren't big open source libraries that they could pull from and various existing examples that they could just sort of port over. At that time, you had to really commit, and that was not a realistic thing. If if you're committing to an operating system that basically has no footprint yet, and ar around this time, Apple was having difficulty getting developers to rewrite their Mac apps for the new Yellow Box environment because it was so different from the older APIs. Right. Apple can't get solid developer support for this. The developers don't want to just continue making apps for the, the compatibility environment for the old Mac OS, because then, then you don't get any of the benefits of the new system. Right. So we're fast forwarding a little bit to May of 1998 at that year's Worldwide Developer Conference. This is when Apple introduced a new programming environment called Carbon. The idea for Carbon was that it was an updated version of the Mac OS API that developers had been using for over a decade. But it still had some of the benefits of a modern application environment. Carbon apps could work on the existing Mac operating system and the upcoming Mac OS X. So developers could just update their apps to work within the confines of Carbon. And then whenever the new OS would be ready, they would basically just have to click recompile and it would be ready. And that was such a huge shift from what Apple was doing the year prior, where they, they showed off this 
cool new yellow box environment, which was very modern and uh, powerful because it was based on what they bought from Next. But the the mountain it would have required developers to climb to rewrite their apps. Um, most developers weren't willing to do that. So also at WWDC, Apple said that Rhapsody would be updated and released as Mac OS X server. And there would be a different version for like home PCs that would come later. And this is the first time Apple uses the Mac OS X name, to my knowledge. This is like in the in, in the movies when they say the name of the movie in the movie. Very exciting. I to me, this is almost like uh, the sequel, or we're kind of we're kind of in that prequel territory where you know what's coming. It's not going to be this movie, but it's going to be the next one. And they're like, they introduce the character, mm-hmm. but the, but they don't really show you the character. Like they've said the name, maybe they show you the silhouette, but we're not there yet. So one thing that is really funny about this, though, when you consider it every year, they keep having a WWDC mm-hmm. and <laughs> every single year they're you've got to figure developers are showing up and basically saying so like legit what's coming yeah <laughs> can, can, like we're showing up again that this is several years in now we kind of need to know that there's something happening and you're showing us stuff we get it like thanks but where is it at yeah. release it and and you know a lot of these developers like they're probably getting like whiplash from how many new APIs and, and things they're supposed to target have been announced yeah. by this point. And, and you know, there's also like the handful of really dedicated Mac developers who had ported their apps to every single new thing Apple announced oh, yeah. and then drop. And at this point, they're like, oh, come on, not another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's got to be so bad. Believe me, me personally, I have been in that spot before. I've absolutely been there for os launches and it's like hey so you said there'd be an api for this or oh hey that api you gave us like a year ago you changed it a month ago and didn't tell Mm -hmm. anyone guys come on like this is the thing that happens companies do this and it sucks it and it particularly sucks for the developers yeah so Rhapsody is eventually released in March 1999 as Mac OS X Server 1.0. Uh, Mac OS X Server was only available for PowerPC Macs, which was a little bit different because the developer builds of Rhapsody had worked on PowerPC and Intel x86. Just like the demos shown off in years prior, the interface was a mix between the classic macintosh operating system and open step from next so i'm going to send you a page that has some screenshots of mac os x server all right here we go you don't have to watch a video this time oh boy that looks uh it it looks like old mac but slightly newer than old mac <laughs> yeah if that makes it's sense. like it's like old mac with large icons i'm noticing weird little inconsistencies here but yeah for the most part this is this is very similar to the mac that that came before 
Like yes. they've obviously finished skinning it and turning it into something that people are going to say looks familiar. Yeah. Not that that's necessarily a good thing, but yeah. Well, that, that dock is gone. There's no dock. Yep. That's true. The, um, the, the people clapping at WWDC got what they wanted for, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this release is so interesting to me because it, because the, the technical parts are so much like what we got when Mac OS X was finished in 2001, but it still looks like the old OS and like the, the n most noticeable thing with the final Mac OS X release is that the entire UI is overhauled, right? That's yeah. when Apple introduces the, the aqua design language where there's a lot of transparency, a lot of blue everywhere. So it, we're, we're looking at, the same technical underpinnings of the final Mac OS X, but it looks completely different. Yeah. It, I, the comparison I would almost want to make again, it's hard not to compare this to windows in a way because the process, the, like the progress that windows NT went through is very similar to that. They started building NT and for a very long time, NT maintained the windows 3.1 look while having a completely different kernel and then progressively it's it would adopt whatever happened in the user space just several years later and you know we're we're kind of seeing that same sort of thing happening here with mac os x server but of course you know that was that was to change yeah as the name suggests this is an operating system for servers. So this is not something that Apple intends for normal people to go pick up at the at the Apple store, or the Circuit City or wherever people bought software in 1999. I don't know, I was a little baby. <laughs> However, this initial release of Mac OS X server has a lot of limitations. So this this doesn't actually end up being used on that many servers. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> so for one thing, Mac OS X 1.0 had no Firewire support at all. And this was when a lot of Mac servers that were being used in uh, companies and, and schools and so on had large drive arrays that were powered by Firewire. So everyone using those server setups just could not use this. They had to ignore it. Wow. That's not a good move. Yeah. Uh, it also had no software RAID support at all, which is also kind of important on a server. Uh, not as big of a deal as the no Firewire support, but still not great. And also, this build does not have the Carbon API that Apple was talking about a year before this. So developers Ooh. couldn't really port existing macOS apps very easily because that layer was not there yet. You could still run older Mac software in the blue box layer, but you couldn't port your apps to use everything the new system could do. You had to rewrite them from scratch. And logically you don't want to use, you don't want to use that layer in a server setting either. Cause that's, that's begging for trouble. Yeah. So Mac OS X server 1.0 ends up not being that popular. It gets a few updates 
over the coming months. The last major update it gets is macOS X Server 1.2, released in January of 2000, which added support for the Power Mac G4 and Server G4. And it also updated the yellow box environment to macOS 8.6, even though by that point, macOS 9 was already available. This ended up just being like kind of a transitional product almost. Because when, when when the final Mac OS X comes out, there's just a server version of that. And it's not really related to this. I, I, I wouldn't even call it transitional to me. This yeah, is because no one transitioned to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this was the weird. This is. Oh, 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 I have the perfect comparison. This was the Microsoft kin of operating systems. Yeah. Yeah. It's something they the company released, a few poor people bought into it, and then it was completely useless to them in in terms of ever moving to something after this. Yeah, because that's when Microsoft then shifted to Windows Phone. Yeah, software did not work across these two. There was no transition, there was no movement, and there was no support for it. Not really. Yeah. So the um, the final minor update for OSX server was in October of 2000. And again, it was just more bug fixes. And that's really the end of Rhapsody. Oh, man. It's, it is funny to see it, though. This is... <laughs> this is the... Uh, we tried. It didn't work out. Now we're going to try again. But at least, it, like you said earlier... This is something they finally released. Yeah. This was this was on store shelves. You could go out and buy it and run it on most uh, high-end Power Macs at the time. So yeah. this wasn't... Whereas, you know, um, Copeland and early builds of Rhapsody were just developer previews that Apple handed out at, at events. Meanwhile, at, let's see. What was a, what was a span of time like... We've been talking through now three episodes. What is the span of time from like the first year to this this coming out? Apple internally started work on a new operating system sometime around, I believe it was 1988. Okay. I, I was going to say, during this time, Microsoft would have released, I think, I think we're not even counting different versions of DOS. Because that that seems kind of cheating. They would have released, I guess it would have been Windows at least two three, or three different versions of Windows. No, four different versions of Windows in that time. Yeah. Or is it yeah. five? I don't know. It's it, because NT, obviously, at, since we discussed it, NT, Windows 95, Windows 97, or I, well, sorry, yeah, 97 never really came out. Yeah. Well, there was a there was a Windows ninety seven, yeah, it just wasn't really pushed, um, and then uh, three one came during that time, like, yeah, man, yeah, and and you know, like during this time, Apple is is supporting the the current OS and and trying to bring new features to it, but they have the same issue they did in the eighties, where it's just this terrible software platform at this point that was not built to handle what computers needed to do yeah and this entire time 
they're like, okay, we we're trying to work on the new thing, but we'll 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 pour it over what small pieces we can to existing Mac users. I wonder I wonder if the DNA of the company and kind of its whole uh anti legacy support mantra I wonder if that comes from this the fact that they spent so long supporting something old it, like could they have just turned around and said we're never going to do that again we're going to burn everything old with fire as quick as we can yeah maybe I could see that that that's the end of the road for this chain of development and in the next episode we'll get to the real Mac OS X and that coming to market.